are listening to Gizmonic Institute Radio. In the not too distant future, on no specific date, there were two guys with a mutual love of MSD3K. They were on their way to watch a favorite show, but then things went bad as they tend to go. When they woke up, they were surprised to find they had been kidnapped by a scientist and launched to the sky. Now they're stuck in space until they've watched every episode of the show. That's the only way that Dr. Odd says he'll ever let them go. Now we invite you to join our heroes as they travel both near and far. Podcasting their grand adventures while hurtling through the stars. It's time for Hispanic Institute's Radio. You know what? This video game system Dr. Odd created for us kind of isn't the worst thing ever. You've put into words the thoughts that were in my brain. I'm kind of enjoying myself. I've actually found myself to utter a whoop on occasion. I don't know if it's the horrors of space grinding down on us, or if this is actually something enjoyable, but I feel like the mechanics of this game are second to none, and the fun factor is easily a 5.0. Seconded? (sighs) I only wish Nolbot was here to share this with us. Yeah, me too. The joy of playing what is rapidly turning into the funnest video game of all time is definitely sullied by the fact Nolbot isn't here. Hey, bro, what's shaking? Nobody! We were just talking about you. We were wishing you could be here with us to enjoy the total funness of this incredible video game experience. And now you're here! Incredible! I can definitely understand wanting to share your joy with me. I find myself wanting to do the same when I'm in the middle of a project that I find enjoyable. Like resetting the oxygen generators, or sampling the reactor coolant and testing its pH levels. Well... We have become fast friends since you joined our lives here in space, and since we've had several adventures in that time, adventures that brought us closer together and helped us all form a bond, adventures that will intentionally be spoken of ambiguously, adventures that perhaps are alluded to for no other reason than because they advance a narrative, I find myself calling you a true friend, a pal. I totally agree. Those were definitely some adventures we had, but everyone knows that. Unless maybe you're a sandworm. Sandworm! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, just like that time. <laughs> Remember? I'm going to eat some sand. Inside jokes. <laughs> oh, man. What the heck is that noise? It's super annoying, whatever it is. Nobot, you're programmed to understand noise. What is that? I don't know. It's one noise I'm unable to place. Oh, hey. Cool. Stop. I trust space finds you well this day. Ooh, is it day? My biological clock is all out of whack. Yeah, and my mechanical clock is also on the fritz. Perhaps due to the fact that it's mechanical and I tend to subject it to some fairly serious abuse. I don't care. Seriously, just be quiet. It's morning here on Earth, and that is all that matters. Morning on Earth? Do you even understand how time works? The Earth is round and rotates. It's only morning in a very specific part of the Earth. On other parts, it's lunch or late evening. Ah, oh, cram it. Yes, yes, four distinct simultaneous days in a single cube. You honestly think I'm not familiar with time cube theory? Give me a little more credit than that. I have to attend a three-day seminar every four years to keep up my membership in the Mad Scientist Association. You think they just give out these monogrammed lab coats? Because they don't. Not to anybody. Only to people like me. People who show commitment to the cause. Semicolon, uppercase P, uppercase X, uppercase What is your infernal robot all about? He normally would be insulting me right now, but instead he seems to be malfunctioning quite severely, which pleases me muchly as I hate robots and everything they stand for. Colon, open parenthesis. 
Oh, that. Yeah, funny story. We were trying to install an emotion chip. Yeah, it's really important in sci-fi that robots have feelings or that they want to have feelings for some reason. Well, instead of an emotion chip, we accidentally installed an emoticon chip. We quickly uninstalled it, but there's still some residual instructions floating around in his circuitry. Occasionally he gets like this. He'll snap out of it soon enough. Well, I certainly hope so, because I need him to selflessly sacrifice himself to save the two of you from nuclear annihilation. What? Colon. Capital O. You didn't hear the alarm for reactor malfunction? It woke me from my slumber. I have it set to go off on board the ship, and also to send me a text message. Nuke. React. Code. 157. Turn. What does that mean? It means... You are doomed! <laughs> hey, calm down, Gangrepus. If these two meatbags go down with the ship, so too do your hopes of successfully completing your mostly failed experiment in torture. You think I don't know that? Don't let my maniacal laughter fool you. First off, it would be bad form if I announced someone's doom without so much as a malicious chuckle. I'm a mad scientist, after all. True enough. Secondly, I am fully aware of the fact that if these two jerkwads are killed before I have a chance to do it myself, I i mean before I have a chance to bring them home myself and reward them with the finest pizza party they've ever seen, Yay! You know, that my experiment will be an utter failure instead of a mostly a failure. Which is why you must fix the reactor core leak and probably be vaporized in the process. Hold up, hold up. There's no other way... Nobot, who we've grown to love and whose friendship we've come to cherish, must give himself up to save his friends? I can't speak for Jeff, but I feel like my heart is being torn asunder. No, no, my heart is also being torn, not really asunder, but more like in two, in a very neat tear right down the middle. Oh, like when you fold a slice of cheese in half and watch the line split down the middle? I was thinking more like when you put a piece of paper on the edge of a counter and hold it taut. You Would know, you to... two please shut up? Seriously, humans aren't even able to get within 50 meters of a ruptured core without exploding. Oh no! Or mutating into a monster. Oh wow. A monster that explodes. Explodes and dies, idiots. It's a very bad thing to happen, which is why only a robot can do it. But I'll be vaporized in the process? If we're lucky, yes. Worst case scenario, vaporized. Best case... Very slow melting. Either way, you will die saving your friends. That sounds like the worst thing ever. I'm a robot, which means I can survive in the cold vacuum of space. So if you guys don't mind, I'm going to totally let myself out the airlock. It's been real. Wait, seriously? After all we've been through, you're just going to let us die horribly? Just like that. We're through with our friendship. And being alive. Our friendship and also being alive. Two things I value very much. I agree. We didn't even get to do one final audio log. Oh, oh, that, that totally reminds me. I, I need you to do a final audio log. Uh, you probably have enough time. E- even if you don't, I'll simply accelerate the process remotely as punishment for not fulfilling your duties. Well then, let's do an audio log and try and remain cheery, shall we? So this week we uh, were forced to watch, and I use force loosely since we love MST3K. It's true. Um, episode 5 of season 1 The Corpse Vanishes it vanishes alright and what yeah. a weird movie this one is <laughs> What a, I thought that Women of the Prehistoric Planet was weird but nope oh, we were man. way off things were weirder in the 40s who knew yeah I had a feeling about that but I didn't want to say anything yeah I thought society was unraveling um, more and more with each passing decade but I see mm-hmm. that we've been doomed since long before the modern yeah. era 
people were putting little Bella Lugosi, the scarecrows, in their victory gardens. Yeah. <laughs> it was a crazy time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so let's uh, – first, before we talk about how crazy this movie was, um, let's let's talk about the, the episode a little bit. Sure, let's do that. Cool. So um, we're back, back in time again. Uh, this is the uh, fourth episode of the first season, even though it was aired fifth because they aired the last season fourth. Which is uh, going to get real confusing if we so keep talking confusing. about it. Yeah, Let's never speak of it again. We had a little glimpse of the future last week with Women of the Prehistoric Planet, but now we're back in the regular rotation. There's no pre-commercial segment. There's only just an opening segment uh, where they do the invention exchange. Yep. So uh, No robots. Nope. They uh, they meet Joel in the theater, actually, after these first segments. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. So um, it starts out... Um, uh, Clay, uh, Clay Forrester, Dr. Forrester, known to his colleagues, uh, prevents, uh, presents Larry with a uh, souvenir from the Mad Scientist Convention, mm. which did they re- they uh, talked about that in uh, episode three, right? I believe so. Yeah, so this is there's there's kind of a little bit of uh, a story arc that's going yeah, on here. Yeah, it's starting to come into its own. Yeah. So he's back from the Mad Scientist Convention. Presumably he burned it down again. Um, <laughs> like he said he was going to. Yeah. Uh, he brings Larry some Isaac Asimov branded body spray. Mm, it smells uh, like space. Yes, yes, it, <laughs> it does. Um, and uh, unintentionally, the second reference to Isaac Asimov in two episodes. I think we need to make sure we really keep track of how many Isaac Asimov references there are in Mystery Science Theater. Okay. Well, I'm not going to understand all of them unless they say his name. Well, we've because got plenty of time up here. Maybe we could find some books. Sure. Um, on our Kindles that we yep. don't have. Mm-hmm. Well, because Dr. Odd actually lit our Kindle fires on fire. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's so literal. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Kindling. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was, uh, it was a weird day. It was. That wow. was the worst Christmas ever. I know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and, uh, so they do an invention exchange um, this episode. Uh, Joel... His invention is called the Cairo Gyro, mm-hmm. and it's obviously a prop from his prop comedy act, yep. where his it it's a device that's supposed to turn his head 360 degrees around. Yeah, and the effect is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's hilarious. Yes, but it's kind of weird. It reminds me of a certain He-Man action figure whose name escapes me. Um, uh, lots of lots of heads, many faces. Yeah, thank oh, you. I, I thought you were. I thought you were doing a bit. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was. I was going along with your bit. <laughs> Sorry, I literally couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Okay. I I knew what the name was. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like lots of heads. <laughs> the human figure. I like that. Lots yeah. lots of heads. Yes, lots that's it. Yeah, it's All right. Oh, you know what? No, it was uh, <laughs> several visages. <laughs> several visages. <laughs> yes, like it, love it. The uh, the Mads, a part of the invention exchange, is a flame flower, which to us Super Mario people means something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a, a water squirting flower that makes fire instead. There's a lot of stuff in the invention exchanges. It seems that just shoots fire. Yeah, I wonder if they might have had a deal with a propane manufacturer, <laughs> with Hank Hill, mm-hmm. the Hank Hill of uh, Minnesota. I bet that guy's cool. I bet he is, too. He knows so much. He's so knowledgeable. Yeah, about propane and propane accessories. Mm -hmm. Um, It's of my opinion. You might not share this, uh, but I feel the the whole juxtaposition of the invention exchange is that Joel presents something fun and the Mads present something evil and then Joel reacts about how evil it is. Yeah. I feel like the Cairo Gyro was kind of the more evil of inventions. Really? 
Well, because it's a it's a a thing you put on your head, and then it just twists your head around and off. Presumably. But it was for therapeutic purposes. When sure. He took it off. He, he he remarked how relaxed and and loose his neck felt. Well, back on Earth, I uh, I watched a movie once. It was called Saw Four, oh. and it had a device similar to this in it. Indeed. And yeah, so that's kind of scary. I didn't like that. And plus, the other one just flies and shot flames. I don't know. Well, I mean, fire is pretty bad, yeah. especially if you're a Frankenstein. Yes, or a zombie, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel was actually offended, it seemed, by the fire flower. Yeah. And I think that might have been because he's a prop comic. Yeah. And the fire, uh, like those squirting flowers, kind of like your, that's like your your first thing. That's what you start out. That's like your uh, your training wheel yep. prop. That's <laughs> that's right before the uh, the bow tie that spins around and makes a slide whistle noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the the that that's the uh, the intermediate. The, the beginner ones are the the squirting flower and the hand buzzer. Yeah, it's they're more gateway props. Yeah, they're ga- gateway props. Yep. Kids don't do props. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's the first segment in the invention exchange. Um, the second segment, uh, the robots are reading Tigerbot magazine. Yeah, which is a. Uh, a parody of Tiger Beat magazine, which I know nothing about. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I think it's because we're not twelve-year-old girls. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, I guess it, it, in in this uh, in this universe, Tiger Bot magazine is just a magazine where they profile famous robots. Yeah. So maybe that's what Tiger Beat is, but for humans. Oh, yeah, Tiger Beat is a magazine for girls with has lots of pictures of hunky boys like Kurt Cameron. Okay. TV's Growing Pains. Okay. And uh, and Jaleel White mm-hmm. from Family Matters. And the guy who plays Zach on yeah. Saved by the Bell. Sure. Um, Dustin Diamond. <laughs> I know that's not right. Don't send us letters about that. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> so they're talking about uh, how they want positronic brains, which is a Star Trek reference. And then they talk about Data, who has a positronic brain from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Does and, that mean uh, – is that like a – Positronic transmission. Or something? I don't know. They, they just sort of uh, in Star Trek: The Next Generation. They just present Data as having a positronic brain, and everyone uh, just seems cool with what it is. Uh, like no, there's never a Star Trek character who's like, "What's that?" Oh, okay. <laughs> well, a positronic brain. I've never heard of that. Oh, uh, I guess like, in the future it's so commonplace to have a positronic brain. Sure, or just to at least know what one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be like if, if someone's like, oh, my hard drive is messed up, and they're like, oh, what's a hard drive? That's true. They'd probably get laughed at. Yeah. So thanks thanks to thanks to some dumb person's uh, self-consciousness, we never learned what a positronic brain was in Dang Star Trek. It. Yeah. Um, but apparently the robots want one. Yeah. Oh, and uh, they talk about another robot called Tweaky. Yeah. From uh, Buck Rogers in yeah. the 20th century. Beady, beady, beady. What's yeah. up, Buck? Yeah, you had to explain what that was to me. Well, he's also only the creepiest looking robot in the history of robotics. So oh, yeah? Maybe one of the robots from uh, uh, Metropolis. Yeah, have you never seen a picture of Tweaky? No. He's terrifying. He looks like someone took a, a, a deformed child and bronzed it. <laughs> I, I can't decide whether I hate that or love that. You'll hate it. Okay. It will haunt your dreams. I guess I should stop working on that Tweaky mod for uh, Nolbot then. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, since Nolbot left us, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You jerk. That was messed up. <sighs> well, uh, 
Yeah, so uh, apparently this the the skit ends, the bit ends with uh, them reading a, a quiz that Data took, um, or I guess it's more of a questionnaire, and he says his secret fantasy is to be human. Yeah. And the bots are disgusted, and they call Data a sellout. Well, you know, he kind of is. I wonder if that's a hot-button topic for robots. It seems to be, since almost every android in every dang movie ever wants to feel human, which... Mm-hmm. If a robot doesn't have emotions, how will it know how to want? True. But the robots in MST3K do not want to feel human. That's true. They just want to be robots. Yeah. That's weird. Interesting. Mm. We need to explore this further. If we weren't going to die within literally minutes, I would say we should look into this. I I feel like getting just some volumes of books and slamming them down on a desk and blowing the dust Mm -hmm. off of them. Yeah, putting on some glasses. Mm Mm-hmm. Making a pot of coffee. Brew it up. Hmm. Well, too bad we're gonna die. Too bad. <laughs> the uh, the third segment of the show is probably the dumbest segment I I've ever seen in an MST3K um, <laughs> episode. <laughs> you want to describe what happened in this segment, Seth? Because I well, I don't. This, yeah, this is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Joel and the bots run back and forth in front of the camera uh, several times, just. No not saying anything. Not saying yeah. anything. Nope. And we find out that they're playing space tag. Yep. And it's some weird avant-garde performance art that they decided to do because I think I, that day they didn't have really much of an idea for a sketch. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think they're just like, oh, we need to do uh, five segments, not four. What are we going to do? I'll just uh, like run past the camera three times and then we'll make a tag joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I like uh, to imagine that it was actually what they were doing was playing space tag. It was caught on film. Yeah, it was, it was it was uh, a blooper. It was seeing their humanity. Yeah, and their robotity. Robot, not robotness. Roboticality. Yes. Roboticality. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Oh, but uh, redeeming re- re- redemption is had in the uh, fourth segment where it's it's this weird barber shop. Uh, scene that they set up, yeah, where Crow is cutting Joel's hair and Tom Servo sitting reading uh, Tigerbot magazine again, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they're just like making up campy references to people that don't exist and yep. talking about the accidents that they're in. <laughs> it was real Minnesotan. It was. It was yeah. down, down homey. It was Lake Wobegon-ish. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and the final story that they told her about a bunch of clowns that uh, got in an accident in their clown car. It, it's the funniest car accident ever. Yeah. Also one of the most deadly because there's so many clowns in every clown car. Mm-hmm. 20 or 30 dead. 20, depending how how big the, clou- the clowns are. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. It was, it was pretty good. Um, yeah, but that was, that was I think, feel redemption for yes. the, uh, the show segment. Absolutely. Um, the final segment of the show, uh, they go back to the whole hot ran chips and dip, which oh, yeah. after the uh, view into the future last week, I'm real excited for that to stop. Yeah. Um, yep. But uh, maybe it will stop because they had to name a good thing and a bad thing about the movie. Um, Crow does it, but then Tom Servo tries to do it and uh, <laughs> right. can't think of a good thing and his head explodes. Yeah, which is <laughs> pretty accurate. Yeah. And then they don't really have a way to end the episode, so Dr. Forrester just asked Larry to file something and then, like, hits the button. Yeah. It, it actually took me by surprise. They usually make a joke or something or, 
you know, yell yeah, at I kind of feel like maybe they didn't really expect to make this episode. Yeah. It caught them all off guard. Maybe. That, I, I don't know. That's possible. <laughs> I don't know. It, I, th- I think they... I, I'd have to... We'd have to do some research. If we weren't going to die, again, this is really inconvenient toward uh, our future thoughts and things. But I, I'd, so I'd many like... things I want to say. I'd like to see if, if they filmed all these before the season aired or if they... F- I'm, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did all the pre-production uh, before the season went on the air. So they didn't know anything about ratings or or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, real quick, let's go through some facts about the MST3K episode. Let's do it. Yeah. Before we uh, or, die. Or just things, yeah, before before this nuclear reactor envelops us in radiation. Mm-hmm. Man, Atomizing us. This is a us. bummer. Yep. Just tearing us apart. On, we are on all made of level. stars. Yep. According to Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. And or Neil deGrasse Tyson. Moby. Yeah. And I forgot about the <laughs> physicist. And scientist Moby. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So the uh, as as we mentioned before, the uh, segments in the show are definitely less polished. Absolutely. Yeah. They definitely did not have the uh, the finish, the yep. luster. <clears throat> and there was a there was a big difference between like the ones that were good were pretty good, and the ones that weren't were pretty bad. Yep. You get your highs and your lows. Yep. Um, yeah, like we said, it's weird to go back in time uh, again to see like this, this what they're doing now as opposed to where it's going to be in yeah. you know like fifteen more episodes. Yeah. Um, so, did you notice that the rate of riffing was a little bit higher it uh, was. than the last one? Yeah, yeah. But not 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 than uh, Women of the Prehistoric Planet because no. it was not. But the, compared to the Mad Monster, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, one thing I noticed I wanted to bring up was that sure. uh, at one point Joel has a broom in the theater with them. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, I don't know. It, it, he, well, he was using it as a prop, obviously, to clean off something on the screen. Right. And uh, it just it just struck me funny because I don't know if you've watched any of uh, Joel's new project, Cinematic Titanic. <gasps> Seriously? Yeah. But uh, that's kind of... That's kind of their uh, their thing is interacting a lot with uh, props and things on the screen. No kidding. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of shadow puppetry going on in wow, that show. Twenty some odd years ago. Yeah. It's like a weird like you know glimpse into like this is where it started with Joel and a push broom and the, the corpse vanishes. Is now. <laughs> yeah. The future is the corpse vanishes. Mm-hmm. And what a future that one is oh yeah well before we talk about the weird movie this corpse manages i feel like we have to spend a couple seconds talking about commando cody and the bridge of death wow of course we have to talk about commando cody because commando cody is incredible yep pumpkin boy yeah oh god i love pumpkin boy yeah. and what a surprise he didn't die at the end of the last episode yeah Ooh. oh even, even though <laughs> it? Well, it was boiling hot lava <laughs> and they were at a dead end but then it just turned out hey look there's a way out right over I really hope that the last episode in the Commando Cody serial is called Commando Cody's Funeral. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of people standing around Commando Cody's grave being like, well, really wish you would have made it out of that flaming pterodactyl nest. Mm-hmm. Too so bad. solemn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really remember what happened in this episode. Well, they're, they're trying to escape from the moon men. Okay. To get back to Earth. 
As they were last episode. As they were last episode. But this time, it's it's picked up where the last one left off. It's, you know, it's a serial. It's a cliffhanger every time. Yep. you got to keep packing them in. Bring them into the seats. Sure. $5 popcorns and all the cigarettes you can smoke, yeah. kids. More like five-cent popcorns, I think, in yeah. 1942. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as they're trying to escape, uh, there's that weird, cool 1950s tank that he throws a grenade at. Oh, right, yeah. They try to assault the the tank with a grenade. Which, yeah, it doesn't seem like maybe that good of an idea. If anything, no. it's going to give away their location and probably not do a lot of harm to the tank. But, hey. Yeah. What are you <laughs> going to do? A, you don't know what an earth grenade is going to do to a moon tank. That's turns true. Out, turns out the same thing it does to an earth tank. Nothing. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Fortunately, they do make it back to earth. Yes. And then it's a lot of car chases. Oh yep, which uh, reminds me, I want to do a, uh, I want to do introduce a new occasional segment. And I say that because I don't know if we'll be able to do it every week, mm-hmm. but it's a I hope uh, so. the, the new occasional segment is called a modern riff. Oh, I love it. And I got this idea from the fact that there are a lot of uh, riffs that they make that are references to things in pop culture in 1989 that yep. I don't understand. Or earlier, even. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or people, places, things, you know. Cultural things. touchstones of Generation X. Yes. That we, or at least I, don't get. And so I figure, hey, you know what? If, if one of us, while well, we're stuck in the theater of this spacecraft, makes a joke while we're watching this movie, um, we should, uh, you know... In- include it, especially if it's something updated from uh, modern culture. So, mm-hmm. if I don't know if you remember saying this, but I thought it was pretty funny when uh, there are two, you know, 1940s style police officers in this car chase, and uh, you, you just said, "Hey, look, it's the guys from L.A. Noir." Mm-hmm. The, it's uh, true. 2011 rock yeah, star two, video yeah. game uh, that we yeah. can't play up here. Yeah, but we can play uh, L.A. Norse, which is about a Norse god in Los Angeles. <laughs> Yep. Which is one of the games Dr. Odd made for us. I know. I'm so close to unlocking Loki. Yeah. It's he, real weird. I think it's he's just a trickster. A, it's just a palette swap of the uh, Atari 2600 game Arachnophobia. <laughs> where you're which, a spider. Which is a... <laughs> which is a movie with John Goodman in it. <laughs> yeah. And so it's a reskinning of a video game based that may exist or I may have just made up. There's it's a, also a condition... Where someone is very scared of spiders. Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, we got we got some. We were just talking about the game, how much we loved it. Absolutely. We asked for Skyrim. He gave us Arachnophobia, or sorry, L.A. Nor- North. North. Uh, oh boy. Let's before I make any more bad video game puns. Let's uh, talk about the corpse vanishes. Okay, let's do that before we die. Before we yeah. vanish. Into hey, a Seth. Cloud of dust. Yes. <laughs> when was this movie released? Nineteen forty-two. So, the same year as The Mad Monster. Also, the same year as we were in a war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so, I, I just feel that, like, wartime, people need their entertainment to kind of cheer them up, but man, this movie was a, this was a bummer. I think it was a covert operation by the Germans to mm. bring down morale. To bum us out? Mm-hmm. By confusing <laughs> everyone who came out of the theater. Yeah, and then they or would go it was, home and leave their lights on during bomb scares. Yeah, because they're so sad. Mm-hmm. They're too sad to turn them off. Yep. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. Hit me now, Jerry. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this this whole plot of this movie. Well, I I don't want to do a recap too quick, but it was essentially a a guy was murdering yep. brides at their wedding. Yeah, and stealing the corpses. Which, yeah. Ugh. 
He was That's... poisoning them with uh, with orchids. Yeah. Somehow Spoiler only alert. killed the bride. No, well, and, and we found out later in the movie again spoiler alert that it didn't actually kill them oh um, that's right yeah it just put them in like some sort of stasis where they could be you know indeterminately kept alive on like a slab in a basement but still kind of weird yeah yeah uh, kind of sort of yeah oh it's it stars bella lugosi as Who the main mad scientist was uh i believe in decline at this point mm-hmm. he spent yep. the la- latter half of his life um struggling with uh, addiction and also with, you know, not being popular anymore. Right. So, hey, there you go. Corpse Vanishes, that's a good way to start your <laughs> career back up, buddy. Yeah. Well, he signed a uh, a nine-picture deal with this studio that produced this movie. Yeah. And uh, this is the fourth or fifth picture in that deal. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely on a little bit of a decline there for Mr. <laughs> Lugosi. Uh, Joel's Lugosi impersonation during this episode got me every time oh yeah we'll talk Blah. about that later yeah <laughs> <Blah. laughs> yeah pretty good yeah um like they're, they're just really this other than it just kind of being a weird movie which we'll also talk about in a second yeah. um there's not really there wasn't really anything about this movie that appears in pop culture right like, oh the crawling eye had like a misfit song it was a subject of a freakazoid episode yep. a robot of the versus the aztec mommy was just weird um yeah. I, I don't know that really didn't have much pop culture anything either well maybe in mexico where it was made yeah it's true yeah we don't know but we don't there's know. really like I, I did some uh research on the otternet um there's really not anything else related to this movie out there just right and i don't think that's a failure of the otternet i think that's just a failure of this movie the corpse vanishes mm-hmm yeah, it, it the corpse vanishes, vanishes. Bam! There's your headline. Oh, there it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the paper that's written in 1943. Well, yeah, <laughs> just envision it. It's spinning rapidly towards the screen. Mm-hmm. The corpse and vanishes, bam! Vanishes. The corpse vanishes, vanishes. I like it's, it. It's on the cover of Variety. All right. Well, hey. Uh, so I did last week. You want to uh, give a 20 second recap? Oh, okay. This movie. Let me... Let Hold me. on. Hand me hand me your uh, grandfather's stopwatch. Okay. Uh, here you are. Um, From his time, timing the... Uh, okay. Time, what what was it, what did he use this for? His timing... Uh, he used to use it to time his butter churning. <laughs> okay. I'll <laughs> allow it. <laughs> well, what was his record in that, by uh, the way? <laughs> 14? 37. 37. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Not the best, but it's not, not too shabby. Well, it was it was more of a personal record. Than yeah. yeah, and I can... It's it's still just covered in butter. <laughs> yeah, you can't get that stuff out. No, you can't. It's a very slippery watch. What's in there? Yeah. Okay. All right. Are you ready to do this? I am ready to try mark? to do the less than 20 second recap. All right. On your mark, get set. Less than 20 second recap. Okay, it's a wedding and the bride collapses and they think she's dead and then we see Bella Lugosi and he has a really creepy old lady for a wife but she's not really that old looking but she's really old anyway because she's getting ejected with the essence of these new brides and then some people come in and there's a pratfall at the end when the orchid makes that guy fall down. Well, 18.2 seconds. Oh, that was hard. That was, yeah, it was hard. Because I, there's so much more weirdness of this yeah. movie. 
Well, Bela Lugosi, we can now we can talk about how uh, <clears throat> weird this movie is. Bela Lugosi, just like every other mad scientist from nineteen, I'd say nineteen thirty to nineteen seventy, has ha- has a, a little person who yes. lives in his house and yeah. a hunchback, mm-hmm. and just like a cavalcade of other weirdos that j- is. We have to ask Doctor Odd about. Well, no, we're gonna die, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Had we not been vaporized or exploded in a reactor, I would have wanted to ask Dr. Odd about how, uh, if that's just a thing that happens, like, when you're a mad scientist, like, pe- those people just gravitate toward you? Absolutely. Mm. I don't know. They come out of the woodwork. Yeah, I, I guess, just like, or, or is that, like, part of your contract? Like, okay, uh, now you're officially a mad scientist, here's your hunchback, here's your little person, here's your, like guy who will dig up a grave no questions asked <laughs> i feel like you have to earn that is that yeah i can't it's, imagine it's just issued to you yeah that uh, yeah i guess then everyone would be mad scientists yeah maybe it's like in the degrees of masonry i, I don't know yeah it's, it's like a, uh, like if you're a black belt we're gonna be exploded <laughs> yeah if mere seconds uh, well 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 i guess maybe we'll have some time to ruminate on this and if there's an afterlife i hope so but before our corpses vanish See what I did there? Oh man, that <laughs> let's was talk good. about. <laughs> so okay, the uh, the plot of Women of the Prehistoric Planet last week's movie was crazy. Yeah, and the dialogue in this movie is crazy too. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, um, <laughs> there's this problem that happens throughout the whole movie of these corpses vanishing sure. of these these women. Um, so well, when it happens, I think about halfway through the movie for like the third time. It shows, like, a police car on the inside, and there's a police scanner, and the scanner's like, calling our cars, calling our cars, another abduction of a girl's corpse. (laughs) It's like, hey, come on, come on, man, make a code for that. Yeah. Like, you just don't say what's happening. It's like, calling all cars, there's there's a guy shooting another guy with a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Some teenagers vandalizing an old man's face, like. You don't have to be so specific. It's a code 183. Yeah. There's a hobo trailing another hobo's bindle. Yeah, the bindle theft. That's a big bindle problem. Theft in progress. Yeah. That's actually bindle a code theft. 42. Yeah. We got some greaser kids that are loitering. <laughs> they're flicking uh, Lucky Strike cigarette butts at the passersby. Yeah, they're, they're saying slang. They're beatniks. <laughs> they're snapping their fingers. Yeah. They're racing their cars down in the aqueduct. <laughs> Oh man! I'm so glad we're able to remain cheerful. Yeah, it, it's it's the only way I can in, embrace my impending doom. Yeah, it's the only way yeah. I can stave off the madness. Yep. Oh, uh, another line from this movie that I thought was uh, hilarious: the uh, man whose name I don't recall at this point was the main character, the the male lead. Says to the female lead, he he barges in her room and she's asleep. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were up." And she responds with, "I've been up all night with dead people." <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. With, up all night with dead people sounds like a great like talk show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like maybe that. like a, a a trauma movie about a talk show. Yep, or like what zombie teenagers have to watch to promote diversity. Uh. <laughs> 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 like, it's probably something. I think it could be. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this uh, this movie's crazy. Like, yeah. The the two main characters get engaged to each other after knowing each other for like fifteen sure. minutes. Yeah, Why and not? at a fake wedding. Absolutely. Hey, that was there was a it was a war going on. You know. Yeah. You didn't have a lot of time. You had to get engaged. You had to get married. It was just like bam, bam, bam. 
That's true. Next thing you know, you could be on the front lines of France. They didn't call each other baby boomers because they took their time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true. I don't either. Hey, speaking of things that may or may not be true, um, <clears throat> let's do the top five riffs of okay. uh, this episode. Sounds good. Yeah. Hopefully we can make it through all five. Yeah, before the reactor vaporizes us. Yeah. We really should hurry this along. I know. Gosh. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, start at number five because that's a good place to start. Yep. All right. Uh, after one of the brides dies and they're carrying out her corpse um, from the church to the hearse, Joel comments, it's so sad. They're taking the cake back. <laughs> Pretty good. Number four, favorite riff from this movie. After one of the brides collapses at her wedding, the slimy newspaper photographer pushes through the crowd and takes a close-up of her face and exclaims, I just got the picture of the month, to which Joel replies, for Dead Bride Magazine? (laughs) Uh, This isn't just one riff, but the number three spot goes collectively to every time Joel makes a weird vampire noise, every time Bella Lugosi is on screen. (laughs) Blah. 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 Love it. I, I did I did not not laugh yeah, every time. Every that time. Yeah. The uh, <clears throat> number two riff of the movie is during the Commander Cody short. Commander Cody is adjusting whatever dials he needs to fly, and Servo narrates nipple nipple tweak tweak fly fly fly. <laughs> Which I think the, the Tom Servo's Commando Cody flying impression makes mm-hmm. you laugh every time. Yep, yeah. it's definitely very understated. Yep. Um, the number one riff is during the scene where Bella Lugosi is whipping his hunchback, which, by the way, that's, I mean, the, the number one right there. Yeah. But uh, Joel treats this to genius, a genius parody of Devo's Whip It. Uh, he changes the lyrics to be about whipping a hunchback, which is, which just makes a, a good scene great. Yeah, it really does. Also, whipping a hunchback sounds like it, it's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. Nope. So uh, let's let's rate this movie real quick. Sure. Um, as an episode, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought so too. I I can't judge it based on what I know is it's going to be, i.e., the look back to the past we or look forward to the future we saw last week. Right. Um, I still thought it was pretty good. Um, I do too. Did I'm going do. to give it I'm going to give it four and a half whipped hunchbacks out of uh, blah. <laughs> Out of five bliss. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I will give this, um, on a scale of Bela Lugosi's career, um, 1955, I believe, being his death, um, I would give this maybe a 1943. All right. So So. one year after. Yes, after this movie. Okay. On the rainbow rainbow spectrum of Bela Lugosi's declining career. Yeah, so... Pretty funny, but not really good. Yeah, right. Okay. Just like a clown car accident. Yeah, true. Well, <laughs> we're about to be engulfed in radiation that will, uh, you know, burn us and just destroy us from the inside out. But uh, I think we have time to read one letter this week. Yeah, um, let's do it for the fans. Okay. How, yeah, I'll, I'll let you read this one. Okay. I've got a question for you guys. This is from Jack, by the way. Yeah. It seems that there's a pretty solid divide between MS. 3K riffing on sci-fi movies and horror movies. Which ones do you think provide the best material for riffs? Which do you like best? Love the show and keep up the good work. Boy, I wish I had time to think, but we're going to die soon. Yeah. I would say that my favorite MST 3K riffings are on the sci-fi movies, especially uh, Japanese monster movies. Yep. I totally agree with you. Like, 
a lot of a lot of what makes when when I feel and this is just based on my sense of humor when MST3K is at its funniest is when they're making fun of the absurdity of something. Yes, absolutely. And sci-fi just lends itself to being absurd. Mm-hmm. Yep, the horror yeah. often tries too hard to yeah and fails miserably. Well, I mean, and the purpose of like an old horror movie was literally to scare people, just I guess like a modern horror movie. Right, and but we're so desensitized now that when you see a guy with just wolf hair stapled to his face and some plastic teeth it's not scary anymore that doesn't scare people today yeah and it's just not it doesn't seem to be as funny right like when you see sad yeah like a commando cody you know pumpkin boy that's that's just it's just fun Mm, good time a little more lighthearted. yeah i agree you know i think this may be the first possibly divisive question that we've agreed on yeah wow so i I like that thanks jack for the letter yeah thank you very much um you know, I uh, I feel like even though we're about to die, it's it's um, looming. Yeah, we should still tell people to go on Facebook and and like our podcast. Maybe they could um, post to their status updates in our memory. I know ninety three percent of people won't, but seven percent <laughs> of people will. If you truly believe so, that we died keep up this here in your space. Status update for one hour. Yeah. Um, well, it, we'd like to thank uh, our friend Steve uh, and Jason and uh, James who uh, have yeah. been talking to us on Facebook this last week. And, we love uh, it. Everyone sharing our there. stuff. Yeah, and yeah, talk it's fun. To us. Yeah, I mean, if you if you ask us, if you don't want to write us a letter, because I understand, like you know, people write us letters, but it takes time. If mm-hmm. you just want to, like you know, ask us a question on there, or just you know, say something, like yeah. we'll uh, we'll answer because you know, you know, well, we won't now because we're gonna die, but oh, we yeah. would have. Ooh. Yeah, it's sad. Um, if there's another place you want to remember us and our memory, it's on Twitter. We are at MST3Gay underscore podcast. Yeah. And we will at you. Yes, we will. We will We'll talk to you there, too. I want to I wanna give a quick shout-out to uh, the Town Halo, um, Renegade Lemur, uh, this Dustin, everyone who talked to us this week on Absolutely. Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and who followed us. You know what else is good and helpful? Uh, what's that? Reviews on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Especially since, uh, since you know, we'll be leaving this mortal plane soon. Yeah. We can um, live forever in your memories, and your memories can live forever when you leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, absolutely. In fact, and, uh, we got one, didn't we? Yes, we did. Our, our friend Master of Mediocrity uh, left one this week. <laughs> he, uh, he gave us a four-star review saying that we had to talk about his review on uh, the show in order to get the fifth star. Truly, he so, is the master of mediocrity. I would be more upset about him holding us hostage with that. But, dude, we are going to talk about it anyway. We, you know we what, love though? You guys. We, we have we, to go to our graves knowing we get a four-star review. Yeah, I'm I'm so upset about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. If you uh, if you leave us a review, we'll definitely we'll give you a shout-out. It's mm-hmm. it's cool because we we appreciate you appreciating us. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least we did before we were immolated in radioactive fire. Yeah. So... Ooh. Yeah. Uh, oh well. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I can't believe Nullbot just left like that. I can't believe it either. I thought he was different than that. Now I see I was wrong. And being wrong is terrible, especially when it precedes being dead. Not so fast, gentlemen. Nullbot! You've come back to die with us! I'll do you one better. I'll contain the reactor core breach. But Nullbot, you'll die in the process. You do that for us? After a lot of consideration, I've decided to enter the core. I'm the only one who can save the ship and save my two best friends. 
Nolbot, truer a friend never will I have. Hugs? For toast, brother. You too, Jeffy. Get over here and get some robo-snuggling. That's it, then. Let's not make the city harder than it has to be. I'm going in. See you two on the other side. Ooh, I'm no theologian, Nolbot, but I don't think you have a soul in the traditional sense. If there is an afterlife, you won't be going there. Why did you have to say that? Seriously, right now, before I go to my doom? God, I can't even believe this. I'm so upset. Visibly so. Can you see how upset I am? Look into my face. My cold, robotic face. See that? That's a real human tear. Taste it. Oh, yeah, that's real all right. Wow. Yeah, remember that when I'm gone. That there may have been magic in me that gave me a human soul in reward for my sacrifice. Well then, here goes nothing. Do you think it will work? Only time will tell, Seth. Only time will tell. Uh.